Trades Work, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVito. Welcome back to Trades Work, where we highlight the issues important to the skilled trades our society depends on and always seek to put Colorado first. Joining us today is Amy Sherman, President and CEO of Economic Literacy Colorado, an organization that seeks to empower Colorado students to achieve a lifetime of economic understanding and financial security. We'd like to welcome you, Amy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So you and I have crossed paths for the last decade, and I'm excited to learn a little bit more about your uh, new role, and I appreciate you taking some time to, to talk with us a little bit today. Um, so give us a snapshot of what Economic Literacy Colorado does. What sorts of projects do you undertake? Well, thank you for having me today. Um, as you mentioned, we have crossed paths in more of the Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development space, but I am now leading a statewide nonprofit called Economic Literacy Colorado, and I am super excited to be here today to tell you a little bit more about our mission and purpose. Um, we really set up students with crucial life skills to understand economic and financial security by equipping teachers with the tools and knowledge to teach personal finance and economics. Great. How long have you been here? I have been here almost three months. Wow, time flies. What brought you to Economic Literacy Colorado? Well, um, not to go into my whole life journey, but I was raised by one of the first First Bank presidents that was a female, and mm. so I was blessed to have financial literacy taught to me as a child, and then my father-in-law is a financial planner, so I was just really um, brought up with financial literacy, and I think every kid in Colorado deserves to um, have those economic um, lessons and freedoms throughout their life that I had. What excites you about leading this organization? Well, in some ways, it's um, a similar as the Chamber and Economic Development world where it's nonprofit management, but this is a whole new mission to me, um, and it's really near and dear to my heart because we touch over a 1,000 teachers in Colorado, and that has a big multiplier effect that leads to about 115,000 kids in Colorado from K-12 for financial literacy and economic education. And was a, is this an organization that just started here in Colorado, or is it part of a national footprint? Or This organization is actually 52 years old in Colorado, wow. but it had a different name. It used to be the Colorado Council of Economic Education, and a lot of states do have councils, but it sounds more like a government entity instead of a nonprofit. So we rebranded a couple of years ago to Economic Literacy Colorado. And so to some people, it's fairly new. But um, we are the only statewide organization that does professional development for teachers. And we definitely have partners in this space like Junior Achievement and Young Americans Foundation. That's fascinating. I know that uh, I have a lot of nieces and nephews that uh, have come out of the high school system, and it's surprising to see kind of through their eyes the aha moments about college and the cost of housing and kind of all of the things that comes with adulting and growing up. And uh, it doesn't seem that a lot of that information is transferred to them in their high school careers. So. Absolutely. It's a it's a big financial ecosystem, and there's 
the lessons that you learn, but then there's also your foundational factors like your culture that you grew up in. And then there's the other parts of it that are like the decisions and actions and outcomes that you make in your choices in life, whether it's in school or in business. And every day you make big financial decisions, whether you know it or not. So tell me, how has this conversation around economic literacy changed over the years? We were chatting before the podcast about when we were growing up that you may have had a lesson in like balancing your checkbook or how to write a check. But now so many parents, um, I think it's 87% of parents in Colorado think their kids don't learn enough about money in K-12. So I think it's just a bigger conversation, and it's also economics, like how the world works, but also personal financial literacy, like your own choices. So those are two different concepts, but they're all under one umbrella of financial literacy. So in your opinion, you know, where are we today and what needs to happen? So Colorado does not have a requirement um, to graduate for economics or personal financial literacy. About a quarter of our school districts do have it. And as you know, it's a local control issue. So a quarter of our schools have school boards have chosen to have that as a requirement. But we have a lot of work to do in our Mm. state to get into every single school district. And there's 176 of them in Colorado. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. You know, we've seen, at least from our chair, things like wood, metal, auto shop, dwindle kind of from high school statewide. And we've talked about that before on this show. And we na- we now face a dearth of people working in the skilled trades. As you think about the future of the K-12 system and how it leads into higher education, what would your ideal model look like? Well, it is interesting. There's so many life skills that we should have learned in high school from changing a tire to how to fix a toilet, in addition to some of the financial literacy components of that. But I think now we are seeing that there's not one model of a pathway for education anymore. There's so many collaborations going on between community colleges and higher ed and trade schools that it's just so important for kids to figure out what their passions are and then follow their passions and figure out where they can best get the skills to succeed in that um, pathway. But I think on our side, um, teaching economic and financial education, this provides kids constant exposure on multiple levels to prepare them for their future. So understanding common economic principles helps individuals navigate all sorts of economic conditions, and that helps build a more robust workforce. It helps them if they decide to run a business later in their life. There's so many decisions along the way that financial literacy plays a part in, along with those life skills we should be learning in K-12. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, kind of because those classes aren't offered, and, and to be fair, they're coming back, and a lot of the different high school systems are recognizing now that, you know, the kind of the college for all model or or steering all students towards a two- or four-year degree mm-hmm. may not be the best suitable for them. And there are folks that will go to the military, and we very much support that and hire folks out of the military, but we need 50,000 more workers in construction in Colorado by 2030. Uh, And, you know, if you stop and think about it, you know, construction has, 
is littered with STEM, and you know each project is like its own company, uh, right? Where you have financial um, requirements, you have a budget, you have expenses, you have labor to manage, and at the end of the day, you're hoping that that kind of project ends up with numbers in the black versus numbers in the red, and it's really important that folks understand how to put that together. Right, absolutely, and. Regardless of what job you go into in your life, you're going to need real-world financial skills to save, invest, and spend money in smart ways for your long-term success. Yeah, absolutely. So the challenges for workforce development are, are front and center for probably both of us in many civic organizations and economic development organizations. Where do you see yourself and Economic Literacy Colorado in that equation? So in my um, past in Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development world, we were looking at different industry clusters and look at the data behind the workforce trends and how to recruit those workers to Colorado, how to keep our kids in Colorado to do those jobs. At Economic Literacy Colorado, I'm very focused on jobs in finance now. So uh, we work with all the financial sector, we are looking at the data to see where their needs are in the future to keep those companies in Colorado. And one specific area of that is our Invest in Girls program, where we're taking high school girls out in to do industry tours to learn about jobs in finance. So recently we took them to Kroenke Sports, mm -hmm. and they learned about all the different finance jobs within the sporting industries. So every job out there has a financial component within it. And so we're teaching girls about the potential jobs they can get in different industries by taking them on business tours. We'd love to have the invest in girls industry tours, maybe come to a job site or a construction firm and kind of learn more about what we do and see the parallel there in the financial literacy, if that's something that you're open to. That's a fantastic idea. We'd love to do that. Okay. So talk to me a little bit more about how your model works. And so industry clusters and, and being able to organize around that. You mentioned earlier you reach over 100,000 students a year, mainly through your teachers. Mm -hmm. um, so talk to me about a little bit about how the model works and how you deploy your materials. Sure. Our big mission is to teach the teachers. So we mm -hmm. have professional development for teachers across Colorado. They come to our courses that we set up. They there's graduate level courses. We have a relationship with higher ed in Colorado. So we're teaching the teachers, whether it's economics or how to teach personal finance. So they come to us, they get professional development and go back to the classroom and teach the kids. We have programs for elementary school, we have mm -hmm. programs for middle school, and we have programs for high school. And then we have student programs. So we have a stock market experience where kids across Colorado compete in the mm -hmm. stock market experience throughout the year, and they earn prizes and have parties based on how well they did. And we have businesses that go in and mentor the teachers for stock market experience. And then we have our Invest in Girls student program that's taking girls into the industry to learn about jobs in finance. So, and teach them also, you know, skills in personal finance and investing when they're in high school. So do they get to keep their uh, winnings if they uh, <laughs> invest right? No, they get a, like donut parties and pizza parties, but they, there's nothing cuter than seeing a lot of third graders on a whiteboard discussing what to invest in. So 
It's a pretty cool program. So we have the teacher programs, the kid programs, mm-hmm. and then we have other events to bring in the business community to learn about it because it's a it's really important to the business community to hire kids and all ages, actually, people that have financial literacy skills. Hmm. And sometimes we're doing our teacher programs and the teachers are learning a lot about personal finance. So that's helpful to them too. And it helps them rise in their salary in their, their school districts by taking our courses. So talk to me like, so we have the education, you have the education available for faculty. Where do you want to be in five years? Like what what helps you define success or measure success? That's a great question. So um, being new, I think my board of directors would really like us to make sure we're in every single school district in Colorado. So all 176 school districts. I think we have a great mission to accomplish trying to get every one of those districts to require economics and personal financial literacy to graduate. We're looking into that, but we also need data to show that if it's required, that those in some states have requirements already. We need to show the data shows that they have less credit card debt in their state and they have you know, higher savings in their state. So we need to connect the dots on a lot of data hmm. to show that our work is meaningful. But then there's also not a council in some of our surrounding states. So I think we have some potential to expand hmm. into some other states around us where we already have teachers coming to our programs. Like in Utah, it's a requirement to graduate, but the teachers come to us to take our classes to learn how to go back and teach the kids. Hmm. So do you offer these courses like online or are they in person or both? Yep. Believe it or not, we, in the summer before the pandemic, we started having virtual classes so that more teachers around the state could come to us and not have to drive to Denver for courses. So we were doing Zoom before Zoom was cool. And so we have a great platform now for teachers all over Colorado and surrounding states to attend our classes. So this Saturday we have a class that's called Music and the Economy, and we probably have 20 people in person and another 10 from around the state that are over Zoom. We get quite the mission. If I do my math right, you're in about 45 school districts, and you have uh, a lot to go, 135 to go. There's a lot of potential, but yeah. there's a lot of passion behind it between parents, school districts, and the business community. So help me and our listeners understand, if we want to get more information on Economic Literacy Colorado, how do we obtain that? We go by ELC. We also go by EconLitCo. So our website is EconLitCo.org, and there you'll find a great list of our board of directors, our team, and all of our programs divided into teacher programs, student programs, and upcoming events. We have a former Super Bowl Bronco champion on our board, Ryan Harris, who is really passionate about teaching um, athletes financial literacy. And so we have an upcoming event with him April 25th. Um, So we just keep having events to spread the good word. And we have a lot of passionate board members and businesses behind us. That kind of answers one of my next questions, but like how, uh, how can we help your mission and how might the goals of your organization align with ours? Absolutely. I think um, you and I both share a need to do more outreach and education around the state. So you knowing more about economic literacy and me knowing more about what you guys do, we just both 
are out there spreading the good word about each other. And when we meet people that we would like to connect with, that's what community leaders do. We convene and collaborate and make sure that we help each other with our missions. Um, But I just appreciate the time you've had with me here today because I know um, you guys are really active on social media and and so are we. So anything we can do to help each other um, with our missions I think it just helps uh, helps your industries and it helps our kids. Definitely, as I kind of touched on just a little bit ago, you know, when we run these projects, like it's not uncommon to have small projects, but the larger projects that are, you know, just on our side, almost a hundred million dollar contract, and being able to manage all aspects of that, multiple phases, and make sure money in, money out, and at the end, we still have a little bit of. Uh, surplus is is really for the goal. Absolutely. Uh, keeps us going. So we are, uh, always have a, an interesting question. So Amy Sherman probably didn't wake up one day when she was six years old or eight years old and say, I'm going to lead Economic Literacy Colorado as an organization. What did you want to do? What was your dream growing up? Well, I'm not sure if it was my dream, but um, it was my family's dream I'd become a pharmacist. So Mm -hmm. I went to college to become a pharmacist and quickly figured out that I was um, more of a communications and business communications type person. So I went into nonprofit management, and then my dream became to run trade associations and manage nonprofits. So um, I am living my dream, actually, uh, and I think it's just important for everyone to give back in their community. So my family volunteered a lot as kids. So I knew a lot about nonprofit work and I knew a lot about trade associations. And so this is a perfect combination of, of what my dream is now. Yeah. Well, good. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, my parents, I think, thought I was a brewmaster when I was in high school, um, based upon some of the activities there. So uh, we're kind of in that in that same space. Well, that is going to bring our show to a close, folks. Thank you for listening, Amy. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait to uh, see how we can partner more with Economic Leaders in Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. Please stay tuned for more industry insights, news, and information about the women and men building our skylines building our communities and building our future. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.